Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of the Strategic Whimsy Experiment. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And the Strategic Whimsy Experiment is a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about the films that shape our lives. Today, we are going to be reviewing the latest Spielberg film, The Fablemans. All right, Sarah, do you want to kick us off with an IMDb summary for The Fablemans? Sure. Growing up in post-World War II era Arizona, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches adolescence, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Mm, All right. And in sweet tradition, we will start off with our one-sentence summaries for The Fablemans. And I am intrigued if your one-sentence summary is going to give us a peek into how you felt about this film. Well, Jen, as you know, I'm a big fan of not giving anything away. You are a lover of mysteries and uh, detective. Yes. So yeah, got to be on brand, you know, brand consistency is important here. I am looking for clues in each word choice that you have chosen and oh, what gosh. the connotations of those are. Okay. Well, we'll see <laughs> if anything leaks out in this. <laughs> All right. Always be on your best behavior when an amateur filmmaker is near. Hmm. Wow. You're not giving me much to work with here. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. This is like a, a principle, a fun little principle of the film. This doesn't really tell me much. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> in in on brand for me, mine is like falling <laughs> out exactly how I feel. Amazing. I love it. Um, my one sentence summary is: This coming of age drama and love letter to filmmaking should be a cheesy mess, but Spielberg proves he can take on the impossible task. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. Do you think this is a cheesy mess or did he live up to the expectations? Did he take on this impossible task and do it well? All right. Let's start off with our uh, initial thoughts of the Fablemans. Uh, we will kind of speak generally about this film to start and ensure that we don't dive too deeply into any of the specific plot points until we kind of give you a little bit of a spoiler alert. Um, this film is semi-autobiographical for Spielberg's life. So uh, some of this might not be too spoilery, but I think it's still worth kind of uh, giving a quick heads up before we dive into any specifics. So Sarah, the moment of truth. We've reached the end of the mystery novel. Tell us what your thoughts about the Fablements were. You know, uh, it's it's fine. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's I've I've been mm. I've been struggling with this movie. Um it's another one of those that is causing me to have a bit of an existential crisis. <gasps> I go, love like, when this happens for I, you. Do yes. I even like movies? Like what <laughs> is everybody else seeing that I am not mm. seeing? I don't understand. Um like so there's a few different things. Elements of this movie are brilliant. So well done. I absolutely loved the the process bits of it and just seeing little Sammy Fableman figure out how to shoot his movies. That was so fun. I had a great time. I wanted to see only that. Wonderful. 
everything else that happened, I couldn't care less. Like, no. Interesting. Get all that foolishness out of here. I am uninterested. Mm. Um, and jazz. So, like, all of, like, the family drama ah, stuff, okay. I was just like, I don't, I don't care. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I know. Wow. This is different than I would have expected you. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, like, Spielberg is a fantastic director. So this is directed very well. The cinematography is so engaging. Like, it's it's a very well-made film. But... What I what I walked away from the theater wondering is <laughs> if if I ha, just how am I supposed to think about this film? Because if I think about it as a semi autobiographical account of Steven Spielberg's life, then that's automatically interesting because Spielberg is interesting. If mm-hmm. I take Spielberg out of the equation and I just look at this as just a story devoid of him, then I, it's, it's much less interesting. And so mm-hmm. I've been kind of like wrestling with this idea of like, how do I even view this movie? Cause if I take Spielberg out of it, I'm not really connected to any of these characters. Like I like Sammy because he likes movies and I like movies. Um, but like, to me, I didn't see like his character grow over time. You know, we got to see him age, but like there, there didn't seem to be these obstacles for him to like overcome. So I'm like, what are we even doing in this movie? Are we just palling around with this kid as he's learning how to shoot movies and he becomes a teenager and stuff like that's fine. I, so I, I just... I, I've been struggling to figure out how to think about this movie because to me, like, it, it's fine. It's very well made. It was a good time in the theater. But like, after I left, I was like, why did I just watch this movie? So, but everybody loves it. And so now I'm having an existential crisis about, do I even like movies? So <laughs> here we are. You went on a whole roller coaster ride. Spielberg I, this, put you oh, on a journey. He took and, me on a uh, journey. Yes. But it wasn't the journey that I think I was supposed to be on. So right. everybody else got on like a specific roller coaster journey. And I just like <laughs> four wheeled and we just went off the into the, the desert. Yeah. We met up at the end of the ride and we're like, wasn't it great? And you were like, yeah. wait. Did we go on the same ride? Did I take the wrong left turn? Yeah, I I got the wrong line. (laughs) I went somewhere very different than everybody else. And I'm not sure how I got there. And I'm not sure how to get on the appropriate ride Mm. that everybody else is on. Well, I think this is interesting because I think it's reflective of how much you have thought critically about this film because I I actually agree 100% with you and I had a similar thought afterwards, which is that this movie doesn't work without the context of it being Spielberg kind of sharing in an incredibly vulnerable picture of his family life and his influences and uh, the it's it's very this movie is very philosophical in a lot of ways. There's lots of interesting scenes and conversations around art and the sacrifices we make for art and um, family dynamics and how the camera captures and doesn't capture reality and, and illusion versus reality. Like there's so many interesting themes that feel to me uh, to be interesting because they feel reflective of 
the thinking and the perspectives that this filmmaker that's renowned and, you know, has influenced the film industry incredibly much has is kind of sharing this window into how he thinks, how he sees the world and how he thinks about his own influences. I think without all of that, if you if if one were to solely look at this film as a story of a young boy who loves filmmaking and his journey to really embracing that, it's not as interesting. So I think the fact that you have this internal dilemma re- reveals the fact that you're you're thinking critically about this film because I also agree that it doesn't work without the subtext and um, all of the the meta aspects of what this film represents versus just it being a work of storytelling in and of itself. That makes me feel a lot better. Because I 100% (laughs) thought that I was just a crazy person who was way overthinking this movie. You know what I think, you know, I've, I've, I, I've left the movie theater feeling this like glow from this movie. And I was like, I think this might be my top 10 list of the year. Like I've, I've really wow. enjoyed this movie experience. Yeah. I was like, it, it might be near the bottom, but I think this might make it. And I think that magic and that glow has kind of faded a little bit after the past couple of days. Um, so the magic of the world that this movie created worked for me in the moment. There's lots of still, I think, interesting themes that Spielberg is exploring here. But I went into this feeling like there have been filmmakers that have tried to attempt this like semi-autobiographical um, type of, of of art and this type of storytelling. And uh, it's kind of fallen flat. And the challenge of creating something that is so – intimate to you that is so personal to you I think is inherently so difficult you know I'm thinking back to some of our conversations and our experiences with Belfast and and the other one that comes to mind is uh, licorice pizza like these really important places and environments to these filmmakers that have created this work of art that feels just kind of lost almost because there is such a closeness to the subject matter and I was impressed with Spielberg's ability to one be just incredibly vulnerable with a lot of his family's story and the conflicts and struggles that his family have experienced and kind of he really like lays it all out there and hangs his heart on his sleeve in a lot of ways um but also the ability for him to see some of that clearly enough and articulate it on the screen in a way that feels resonant and um universal as well which I think is difficult to do with your with your own life like man what a difficult task and then you weave in this other challenge of making a film that is a love letter to filmmaking without it being this like incredibly cheesy experience which you know there were like big dabs of cheese in this as well but it somehow I think worked because there's complexity in the themes. There's complexity in the ideas that Spielberg is trying to communicate. And I think that makes for a, a really unique balance of that like feel good coming of age uh, cheesiness that we know and love. But there's there's kind of more beyond just the surface of that, which I, I was surprised by. And I do wonder if some of that has to do with the fact that uh, he had somebody else help him with the screenplay it wasn't just Spielberg 
writing this. So I, I wonder if because he was part of a team that wrote this, maybe maybe in that editing process there was more room for those those pieces to be enhanced that needed to be enhanced. And then those other things shaved off that we didn't quite need so that it wasn't just one person trying to tell their story. And I mean, I know movies are way more complex than that. And there's a lot of voices that go into it, but that, that screenwriting co-credit, I wonder if that Mm. has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Having that, uh, person that is a little bit more objective is able to see this as, pieces of an arc that need to be constructed together Um, because inherently I think we we are just so biased with our own memories and and scenes and important moments that we feel like are so personal to us that we have to include um, but that might not fit and serve the overall storytelling so yeah that's a really good point it'd be intriguing to see if that was or wasn't the case with some of the the other films that have attempted to be semi-autobiographical as well yeah yeah, I don't remember off the top of my head, and I'm going to resist the urge to go on an IMDb uh, <laughs> spree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay, well, I'm intrigued uh, why the family parts may not have worked for you, but the filmmaking parts did work for you. But before we get into that, I suppose we will include a spoiler here. So if you haven't watched The Fablemans yet, we recommend checking it out. I believe it's still out in theaters. Um, it's definitely worth worth a watch it's probably gonna get some oscar buzz as well so uh go watch it before you continue to listen all right sarah tell me more about what worked for you in this and maybe what didn't work for you i i've also been wondering if maybe my my expectations of the film were wrong um in in my in my ideal world, what I would have liked to have seen is <laughs> is like like cinema paradiso level, mm. like homage to film. Like that's mm. that is the type of experience that I wanted. I did not expect Spielberg to make another cinema paradiso. Like no, but just that that feeling and that love for film that is in cinema paradiso that so beautifully weaves through this person's life and this story and connects all these people together. Oh, it's wonderful. I wanted something similar to that in the Fablemans and it's not that, and that's okay. Like once I got into the movie, I was like, Oh no, this is a very different experience than, than I thought I was going to have. But I, I loved how the film opens with uh, little Sammy Fableman going to go see that movie and we see this train crash happen. And then he he asks for a train and he's trying to figure out how to make this train crash happen. And I loved that framing because it tells us so much about this character without having to tell us anything, you know? Um, And just... How, how intuitive he is and, and it's this puzzle that he's trying to figure out at such a young age and it's and you can also see like as the movie goes on like he he has the um, the the artistry from his mom and the like uh, yeah. like yeah. process figure it out mm-hmm. engineering side mm-hmm. of his dad so like that was really cool to see in this little like microcosm so it's just little things like that when he's figuring out, how to how to shoot a thing or like seeing him 
with his eight millimeter film and, and having to like look at all of it and then like glue it back together in order to do his editing and all of these little things that I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I could just watch a movie of him making movies. <laughs> and I, I mean, mm, give me yeah. two hours of that and I would have been so happy. Um, I, I think so because I, I think it also has to do with how I watch movies because I, I go logic first, like I'm analyzing everything first. And then if I watch something again, that's when I get into the emotions. And so for me, uh, like all the family stuff, it, it was just like fluff to me. The real meat and potatoes for me was him just figuring out his movies because it was all of these different little puzzles that he was solving basically all throughout this film. Um, and so in, in my mind, it was more of like an event driven film of him making movies and then it can't just be a movie full of that. So then the family stuff is extra color that I just, I didn't need, <laughs> but I'm watching the movie very differently than 99.9% .9 of people who I'm sure were much more emotionally connected to the film. And so probably viewed it the opposite that I did. You know, what's interesting though, actually, is that I, I feel like the film really becomes the most magical when those two storylines collide in interesting ways. Um, I'm thinking about the moment where um, he goes on the camping trip with his family and captures a bunch of this footage with his camera um, and is rewatching it back and sees those intimate moments between his mother and uncle Benny. And it kind of ushers in that, that idea, that, that theme around the family and the sacrifices and the conflicts and, and struggles that the family is facing, that it, it's very much shaping his world. But it also is integrating in this idea of this medium that he loves that is able to create these like magical filmscapes of, of wars and, and um, war scenes and all of this kind of stuff that it's like a, a thing that can fuel his imagination is also the thing that is capturing reality in ways that he may not have really seen before it's opening his eyes to uh the humans that he loves the most around him and that dichotomy I thought was so interesting I think the movie cuts back and forth between those moments um and and contrasts them and so I think that the movie becomes its best self when that theme around the family and the dynamics are seen through the lens of and, and integrated with this storyline, intersecting with a storyline around his relationship with this medium and how that is complicated sometimes and is and um, is exploring new dimensions that he didn't even realize before. Like I think the other scene that really stood out to me was him creating that senior ditch day video and him realizing that just through images alone – and film clips alone, he's able to create this illusion and have this effect on people. Like it's almost him discovering the power of this craft that he loves. And had that, I think, potentially integrated more with those family scenes, perhaps it could have worked a little bit more. I think that the family scenes were most interesting to me, mostly because I was floored at the, the way that 
Spielberg has chosen to like really lean into the the realness of a lot of those conflicts and and he's kind of bringing us into his personal world and so that was just like inherently fascinating to me but I think the movie comes alive most when those two threads integrate together so this is another example of where I was focused on the wrong thing because <laughs> um, <laughs> when let's hear it when he's going through the camping footage and I mean I don't know it was obvious to me way earlier that there was something going on between his mom and Benny and so it was like oh here we go here's where he's gonna find this all out and the whole time I'm just thinking you idiotic adults if you're gonna have an affair like number one just like don't but if you're going to have an affair just do it better you know that this child has has a camera camera on him at all times why are you out here doing all of this foolishness where he can so easily film you Mm -hmm. you idiots want to get get caught so I was unable to appreciate all of the really profound lovely things uh that you just said because I was so angry at the adults who are so bad at having an affair you were like y'all done did this to yourself people just I'm just saying you got caught Just like step one, don't have an affair. Step two, if you're going to have one, do it well. Like it's it come on, do better. This is your like philosophy mantra as like the criminal version of your other ulterior self, you know? (laughs) Which is if you're gonna be a criminal, you'll be smart and highly effective and competent one. Yeah. No one no one ever knew. Exactly. Yes. Like, don't do the bad thing. But if you're going to do the bad thing, do it well. Like, I don't know. If you happen to get to step two. Yes. Do step two the best that you possibly can. Right. There are no other steps afterwards because you will be in. Yes, you got caught by then. Either Mm -hmm. you got away with it, you're living your life, or you got got caught. Things go bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, Yeah. But yeah, all the all those things that you said about about the themes that's that's very lovely. I I like that a lot. Oh man, I was just unable to experience that in the moment. You were internally yelling at the adults. I was okay, very upset. Too. You know, you had a different emotional reaction. I did. I did. Because See, who says you just watch movies logically? You got you got true. some you got some words for these, these I, adults. I do have some words. <laughs> I, I felt emotions at places. I don't think you were meant to feel those emotions at those places. And my my yeah. upsetness is at their incompetence uh, mm. more than anything else, which is mm-hmm. probably not what you're supposed to get mad about. So, you know, we're a little off there. Just, just you know. We want, we bring our full selves to the movie theaters. We sure you do. You brought your full self, Sarah. <laughs> oh, oh, I brought my full self. Don't you worry. <laughs> so the family stuff didn't work for you. The filmmaking aspects did. Um, thoughts on uh, the way that this tackles this like ode to filmmaking. I know it's different than uh, potentially your expectations around it's being more like leaning into that aspect the way that Cinema Paradiso does. But how do you think Spielberg did with kind of these these moments of exploring his relationship with film? I 
I enjoyed um, like the scientific approach that that this film took. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking back to like five seconds ago when you were like logic first, emotion seconds. <laughs> How I watch movies. <laughs> you know, I'm just brand consistency. Yes, this is what we're going for here. Um, which is funny because I actually really was bad in science. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> but like, I again, like, I, I feel like movies about movies tend to be this very like artistic and like emotional and flowy, feely type movies, which I, I love. Give me all the artsy fartsiness. That's great. Um, but I, I like that this movie managed to to balance that out with the process and with the science like so seeing um when he, when he was making that that uh that first cowboy film and he, and he was looking at the footage and it was too fake with the fake guns and he figured out how to how to make it look like they were firing and it was just so <laughs> cool to see. You got the dopamine hit? Yes, I sure (laughs) did. Because, like, obviously Mm. it's very artistic and you can, Mm -hmm. like, he's talking people through his storyboards and and you can see, even as a kid, like, he has an eye for, like, cinematography and this is where the camera has to move and all of this. But I love that you also get to see him just figuring out this medium and trying to, like, okay, I made this thing, but it's not quite right. How can I make it better? And so it was just kind of like a different way to look at movies than I than I expected to see. And and he was able to to combine all that with the emotion and and with nostalgia and with all of these other things. So it was this really cool like swirl of things uh, all through making movies. So I I think that part is just is so fascinating. I I didn't think that a movie would be able to make that as captivating as it is in this. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And, and for all of the film lovers that are out there watching him like meticulously, literally cut his films together with the film strips, it just, it like reignites, at least it did for me, this sense of like, there's, this this craft has evolved so much, but at its heart, like it was incredibly tactile, which is really fascinating. I think about um, with like color tinting and things like that back in the early film days. I also just think it was incredibly smart for this film to spend much of its time with this young filmmaker in his like elementary school, middle school, early high school years, because I think that it captures this like scrappiness and this joy of creating something and just like the the joy of having fun and being clever and you're just you're watching this clever kid like figure it out and create something from nothing that sense of imagination that he has is so apparent and I feel like it captures some of the like spirit of filmmaking like we are literally creating worlds and characters and moments and setting it in that that like younger uh era I think was just a really smart move versus him being kind of like a more serious filmmaker it it adds a lightheartedness to um this this idea of this homage to filmmaking that I thought was was really special as well um 
And the kid that plays little Sammy Fableman is like so endearing and adorable. Like that, of course, helps. But I loved that it captured that like scrappy, imaginative, like youthful side of just creating worlds. And I love that the the film doesn't end with him, you know, becoming Spielberg. You know, it's he's still this <laughs> yeah. scrappy kid, you know, just trying to figure out what in the world to do. And so I I I love that choice that we just we see him in process and like we as viewers know that he becomes Spielberg and does all of the things, but but the movie doesn't tell you that. It's just like, oop, this is just a part of his journey and he's just going to keep on keeping on and we'll see what happens. It's the ultimate flex, you know? It like, really is. You end your film without you becoming great yeah. because you know that you're great <laughs> and everyone knows that you're great and you know everyone knows you're great. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. And it worked. I mean, mm-hmm. got to respect it. <laughs> I – love and this is this is where I feel like the film could have easily leaned into this like cheesy mess that I alluded to in my one sentence summary but I love the way that Spielberg subverts so many of these moments that are easily the like coming of age like big revelatory moment you know like in that in that final ending sequence where he goes in and meets like this filmmaker that he absolutely adores it's set up to be this moment of profound impact for him and, you know, uh, that John Ford says something deep and meaningful to him. And I love that the film kind of plays with that expectation with us. Like we are primed for this to be a moment of wisdom and it's just a fun moment. And the film has a lot of moments like that where it's just having fun with itself and kind of playing with our expectations of those like super cheesy coming-of-age tropes and, and scenes that we always see. And it kind of it kind of subverts our expectations. I loved that. Yes, please subvert our expectations. <laughs> Keep us on our toes. That's what yeah. we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that whole little winking bit that it does at the end with uh, moving the horizon line, like it's yeah. just – It's so good. So good. Yeah, my – the, so the theater that I was in, I went on a Friday at noon, and there were so many people in the theater. Wow. Granted, I was the youngest person in the theater by <laughs> at least 20 years. But when that moment happened, the theater, like, erupted in laughter. Wow. It was fantastic. A Cinema Paradiso moment. Like, oh, guys, we are Cinema Paradiso. <laughs> this is incredible. We just had a communal experience. That is really cool. That's great. My theater, too, was also very much – I think I was the youngest person in the room, too. Older than me, for sure. I saw it on, like, a Thursday night at, like, 7 p.m. Older crowd. Granted, I'm in, like, suburbia right now, so <laughs> that'll do it, too. Which also kind of fascinates me. Like, the – again, here I am going to talk about logic and numbers uh, about a really profound emotional film. Um, but like, what an interesting movie and an interesting like demographic to come to the movie. Uh, I just, I wonder, 
I wonder how this is going to do in the box office. I wonder like so many things about the business of, of this particular film, because obviously it's Spielberg. So it has a big draw just from his name, but I, uh, I wonder how this is going to do. One thing that I really appreciated about this film and in thinking about who this film is for is that Spielberg has done a really incredible job of integrating all of those nods and moments for all the film lovers that are out there that are very much in this demographic that is going to see this film. But also that whole theme and uh, storylines around his family is so universal as well. So he's managed to tap into uh, kind of this universal story about a family that was growing up in this era. Um, so much of the costuming and the set pieces and all of that feel so um, – uh, there's so much ambiance around that era as well. And then the storyline around this family, which is such a universal uh, concept, this coming of age of you figuring out what you love to do most in the world and figuring out how you can pursue that is also just accessible for people. So in the way that I think Cinema Paradiso is probably like very much for the film lover – uh, this film has somehow managed to also weave in both of those themes together. And I love that it does the nostalgia and the transporting us back to another era without it feeling like gimmicky. Uh, I, I was thinking a little bit about, about licorice pizza and yes. like <laughs> that, like, in both movies, oh, we are completely transported into a different world. But like my experience in them felt so incredibly different. Uh, in in the Fablemans, it felt I don't know, just like so real, but also so normal to just be in this place. And and you can tell that the 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 setting and the time period are absolutely vital for the story that is being told. And so I, I loved how aware of place and time I was and how I felt nostalgic for, you know, the days gone by. Uh, but it, it wasn't it wasn't too much. It didn't feel cheesy. Uh, he managed to get that balance just right in this one. Yeah, it didn't feel too personal intimate to this one person's experience which uh yeah I felt that way in licorice pizza I was like we, I, I did not grow up in this era like this feels foreign to me I'm navigating all the norms and customs of this totally different subculture of America in this very specific era and I feel like Spielberg does a really good job of creating this story that feels timeless in a lot of ways like I think this is going to age well. I think that there's so many aspects of this that will resonate with so many people that um, will go on into the future in the way that like a licorice pizza is so specific to a time period and the generation that grew up during that time period or from that part of the country is going to age out. Um, and I think that the film might also see uh, that same change as well in the way that people feel about it or feel like they can resonate with this. Like in some ways, the Fablemans feel like a classic American family from that era, you know, and and their, their dynamics within each other, the sibling dynamics, like they all feel incredibly universal. It's like it's almost like it's it's anyone's story in a way. Um, there's aspects that you can relate to. Mm -hmm. And it's just that like like – 
good, wholesome, like family friendly, (laughs) family type situation, which just helps it feel uh, a little bit more universal, but also like helps with the aging of this Mm -hmm. film. You know, it's I I think this is one that that will continue to be rewatchable, you know, years from now. Whereas some of the other films that have looked back to the past uh, probably won't age nearly as well as this one, which I think also just is a is a testament to how brilliant of a creator Steven Spielberg is like he he knows what he's doing. And so even this movie that could have gone very, very wrong, he made something that is incredibly watchable. Mm-hmm. And he's done it with so many of his other films as well that are still so beloved. Thoughts on Paul Dano as Sammy's father? Did it work for you? <laughs> sure. Yeah, he was he was fine. Uh, I mean, Paul Dano is such an interesting actor. Uh, he pops up yeah. in the strangest of yeah. places. And I'm always <laughs> pleased to see him show up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? You just you keep doing you, buddy. You're you're making great choices. Uh keep keep picking great movies. Do do what you want. He's not who I would have thought of for like this role oh, of Oh no, like, definitely not. America's dad, this like kind, gentle, patient soul. But he kinda it, it, once you see it and it it starts to work you're kind of like this this kind of makes sense he's got the face for it they really transformed him but not what i expected when i saw him playing that role i was like oh all right i'm intrigued how this is gonna play out i also just struggle to believe that paul dano is old enough to have a teenage child which he is but i just i i struggle to comprehend that yeah yeah i think in this case it it wasn't as much of an issue for him because he plays such an earnest character mm-hmm. that it it kind of fits the role that he's playing. Whereas if he's playing this like wise older father figure, like I yeah, yeah he doesn't have the face for it. <laughs> and I I think he's such an interesting father figure too, mm-hmm. you know, because he he's he's like the movie says, like he's so kind and he's so gentle. Uh, He's also brilliant at what he does, but he's also like really naive and like childlike in that way. And in that way, the casting makes complete sense. Plus he's just a good actor and he did a great job in this, but it's just such a different take on the father figure. And, and he's not really this like, this this sage or this guide that the protagonist comes to for help he's he's just a a dude who's trying to figure stuff out too and he doesn't have all the answers and most of the time he doesn't have answers for sammy and i i think even that that piece of it is is interesting that that the parents in this film play a different role than you would normally see in a coming of age type movie which is so good. Yes. That's that's a really good point because uh it really it really articulates the fact that like we're all just trying to get by. You know, like no one has the answers. There's a there's a point in everyone's life where they realize that their parents are 
human and that they are not superheroes, that they have flaws, that they're, they make mistakes. And in this case, Sammy learns that about his parents, I think, uh, quite young, but that both Michelle Williams and Paul Dano really lean into that. And you're right. It, it really breaks, again, subverts the tropes and expectations that we would have of this like cookie cutter, feel good coming of age story, um, which I, I really, really loved. Nothing about this should have worked is the feeling mm-hmm. that I had going into this. So I'm just impressed yeah. that it worked as well as it did, you know? Coming of age, drama, a semi-autobiographical, love letter to filmmaking. Like this should this should be a cheesy bit of uh of an experience. And somehow it really it really does come together. Yeah. Yeah. It it's it is one of those movies where it's like, man, this should not have worked at all. This should have been a complete and total train wreck, which I think just, again, goes to show just how good Spielberg is. Like, there's a reason why he's able to flex this way and like, <laughs> yes. be like, yo, I'm going to make this movie about my life and it's going to be watchable and enjoyable. Like, wow, that's impressive. I mean, how many mm-hmm. other filmmakers have been able to do that to this level, you know? And I think one thing that was kind of a feast for the eyes and just really, really fun to experience in this film is the cinematography. Like he he employs the cinematography in such unique ways and and it's it's in, the camera is incredibly active. Like it, there's so much camera movement in this, but it all serves a purpose. And I was just like re excited. And and re uh, kept like enraptured by um, the ability for the camera to emote and communicate so much. Like I'm thinking about that scene where he watches his grandmother's pulse, and it is this like incredibly close up shot uh, of that pulse, and you you feel this sense of uh, you know in the shoes of little Sammy Fableman, who's just like going through this incredibly emotional experience that he's never experienced before. And this is like the thing that he can fixate on. Um, So I just found that really impressive and and exciting all over again to re-experience just how powerful the camera can, can really express. All right. And we are actually going to wrap up this episode now. Uh, We had some fun with, the internet going out. Uh, there was a storm here on the East Coast where I am based, and uh, we we made a valiant effort to try and record with a mobile hotspot, and it just it was not playing out. The internet actually came back for a couple of minutes, uh, and then went out again. And so we we are taking the L today against the uh, the rats that are biting through the internet wires and cables underground. Um, and we are going to wrap this up early. Sarah and I were joking that uh, the rats are responsible for every tech failure you've ever had. You know, you're given a big presentation at work. Something always seems to go wrong with technology. Um, it's a humbling moment to realize just how much our world runs on the internet right now. Um, so, alas, we are just going to wrap up our conversation uh, about the Fablemans a little bit earlier today. And uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully the rats are uh, 
they, they, they will be, subside. They will go back to their little burrows uh, for when we record next week. So uh, this was our review and discussion of The Fablemans. Uh, you can still find it available out in theaters. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Strategic Whimsy Experiment. This podcast is fueled by our passion for stories and connection and is something we continue to do each week solely because we love it. This is our Strategic Whimsy Experiment and we encourage you to find a way to infuse whimsy into your day. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a review letting us know your thoughts about the Fablemans. You can connect with us on Instagram at Strategic Whimsy Experiment, on Twitter at Strategic Whimsy, or you can email us at strategicwhimsyexperiment at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss uh, Guillermo del Toro's newest film, Pinocchio. And uh, we hope you have an amazing week. We hope your week is free from uh, tech failures. And uh, we'll see you very soon.